Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Jeremy. And we are the Social Ninjas. Hiya! With practice, Jeremy and I have reached the point where social anxiety doesn't control our lives. I went from being anxious to speak to people to speaking in front of hundreds of people without a sweat. That's amazing! I went from being anxious to be able to approach anyone to interviewing celebrities in Hollywood and giving free hugs across the world. Now, we both co-host a podcast where we interview amazing human beings. Which is something I would have been terrified to do in the past. And while we aren't battling social anxiety like we used to, we still have mental health that we work to improve every single day. That's why we created this podcast, to be able to provide valuable information to you on how to feel the best you can and also normalize the conversation around mental health because we all have mental health. And if I don't take care of my mental health, I'm not being the best version of myself. Same here. We all need to take care of our mental health and the Social Ninjas podcast is here to help you do just that. A quick note, we are not health professionals and what we say should not be used in place of or replacement of medication or your doctor. Enjoy the show! Welcome to the Social Ninjas Podcast. I am your co-host Kyle. Join with me as always, Jeremy. What is up, Jeremy? What's up, Kyle? How's it going, Kyle? Good to see you. Going amazing. And we also have a very special guest with us today, Sashin Govender. What's going on, Sashin? What's happening, guys? Thank you for having me on. Truly appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. So for people who are unfamiliar with what you do and your work, can you give us a little background and kind of tell us what you're doing now? Yes. Yeah, so it all began for me when I was two years old. At a very young age, my parents decided to get separated. And, uh, you know, I'm living in this house where it's not a real break. It's not a broken home. It's just a home where two parents don't live together. So my, my mindset was that is normal. I have a sister that's two years older than me. I watched her get mentally, you know, mentally caught up in the entire issue. Uh, my parents have not said hi to each other from when I was two years old till when I turned 24 years old. And um, I'm 26 right now. But at the end of the day, my parents gave me one gift. And that was introduced me to self-development when I was eight years old. So in eight years old, I had my mom introduce me to personal development from this angle, my dad from this angle. And I'm just sitting here absorbing it. I'm just taking a double dose in. And um, they introduced me to books, audios, but that's the very first year where I learned and heard the words mentors, visualization, affirmation. I'm talking about 18 years ago. Wow. And uh, for the past 18 years, I made it my ritual to actually study, but not just learn, I learned to teach. And then when I turned, um, when I turned 12 years old, I started my very first business in school. When I turned, um, you know, 13, in fact, I was 10 years old, my very first business, I, I found um, a gap in the market. I started selling WWE wallpapers. I saw every kid go crazy for it. I went to the uh, library, I printed it out. I sold it, so I learned profit income for a very, from a very young age. Buy it at this, sell it at this. And then when I turned 12, I actually sold mini skateboards, those finger skateboards. Oh, I remember those. And yeah, so tech, those- Tech-tex, tech-tex. Yeah. 
So those who had the skateboard, I would just sell them on how to use it. So I'd teach them tricks. So I'd, I'd make two types of income there. 17 years old, I started making chocolate fudge and I made $200 a week. I um, had the grade head or the coolest kid in each grade selling it for me. I would make it, package it, bring it to school. The five grades in high school, they were distributing it. I was making $200 a week, $800 a month. The average income in South Africa is $200 a month. I was doing that in a week. 18 years old, I got involved in direct sales. I know nothing about sales for my preparation in primary school and high school with profit income allowed me to, to learn the skills. And I had that zero tolerance mindset of negativity and opinions and rejection. So I got into sales and I got rejected 145 times. And that was like a welcome to the sales industry. So I stayed persistent and consistent. And then I took a company from zero. When I mean zero, I mean zero. To now they worth $4 billion in sales. I personally did $1 billion myself before I turned 25 years old. And then last year in 2019, I decided to open up 19 other companies in various different industries from the music industry to the media industry to um, the millionaire student, which is directly taking on self and traditional education um, to every industry out there and very diverse, but it's not a hidden hope. It's calculated businesses and I've got the right team, right people behind, but it's uh, that preparation that created who you see today. Wow. So this is, I'm done. to just dive right in. When you were a little kid and you're both parents are giving you some support on self support or self love or self, sorry, uh, self improvement. What are some of those first messages and techniques you learned and how has it developed since? You know, for me, it was more of a distraction, a distraction because my parents felt a bit bad, you know, from a point of them always fighting and my sister and I being caught up. So they felt maybe if we introduce them to self development, it will mess them. It, it will take away the mess. And it actually did. My mess did literally transformed into my message. My frustration became my freedom. My pain became my passion. And um, you know, my, the self-love that they gave me was self-development. So they actually put on the secret in 2016 for me, in 2006 for me, and for the very first time, I actually watched the secret. Before that, I got signed up to live events. Before that, I literally went to, you know, I was listening to these mini cassettes and my dad would always play personal development on our way to school and back. So I didn't know about Drake. I didn't know about artists and celebrities. All I knew about was self-development and I thought it was lyrics. So I started to do it too. I started to, you know, pronounce the words, sing the words as if it's a song. And um, it's my, my greatest gift my parents ever gave me. Oh, yeah, that's incredible. Um, so you were talking about how when you were doing sales, those direct sales, you had to deal with a lot of rejection. You got you know, rejected hundreds of times. How did you come about dealing with that? Was it hard at first? Was it, What was the journey like going through that? It was difficult because what I was selling, the average price well, was around about 150 to 250 US dollars minimum. And then you would have you know, a $400 product and a $600 product. But at the end of the day, when I looked at that, I truly looked at, they're not saying no to me. They're saying no to the opportunity. So I had zero emotional attachment because 
when you grow up in a family where your parents don't speak at two years old and literally you've been rejected, there's nothing that can make you, there's nothing that can break you. You utilize that as just a stepping stone on your way to the pinnacle. And for me, I looked at people who looked at me and thought I was an 18 year old kid because I was 18, but I had a 40, 50, 60 year old mind because I worked on my mind from the age of eight years old. But when they told me no, I looked at the word N-O as next one. When they told me no, I literally went out and I said to myself, if I'm gonna buy into their opinion, I'm gonna buy into their reality. If I'm gonna buy into their opinion, I'm gonna buy into their lifestyle. I had a lot of opinions of people telling me, oh, you know, you're not gonna be successful. Go get a real job or go become successful first before I go out there and actually follow you. And I said, no problem. But for me, there was no point of return. So the problem with people is they don't burn the bridge. I had no point of return of going back to who I used to be, which is a straight D student in high school who I knew I was gonna, you know, I, I was never gonna go to university. And if I did, I was gonna fail. My parents were, my dad was going through, you know, the worst time in business. So the saddest, saddest reality for me was there was no point of return. When you burn the bridge and you literally can't go back, the only thing you can do is move forward. I also knew the darkest point of the day is before sunrise, 5, 5.30, 6 a.m. It's before most people quit. Way before, it's like on the brink. Most people quit. And it's like a, a, a split second before you see light. And for me, I just didn't buy into other people's opinions because I wasn't willing to buy into their lifestyle. Well, it sounds like you, it's the burn bridges uh, metaphor you talked about has a lot to do with you, you. It's like old stories that don't serve you anymore. You just say goodbye to and you're like, I'm just going to step into this new story that I can create whenever I want. Is that accurate? Yeah, it definitely is. It's not that easy, though. I mean, when you're in that situation, it's like being in a relationship that you need to walk away from when you know it's bad. I'm not sure if you guys ever seen that picture that's gone viral on social media with, you know, a rope around a hand and it says, you know, sometimes it's more difficult to hold on than to actually let go. And uh, when you're in that moment, when you're in that moment, it's uh, very difficult to stay mentally focused. But when you have nothing, you can't lose anything. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I love that quote a lot, actually. And I think you're so spot on. I think a lot of the times we hold on to old stories just because they're familiar. And even if they're negative, we hold on to just because we know them. But it's like that unknown is so scary. And just I think I like this dynamic of just letting go and trusting in your mission all out and seeing how it unfolds. And I, I do love what you talked about. You just like just surrender. So you're surrendering and letting go of the things that don't like support how you want to show up and, that, and stuff like that. So I'm curious, like your, your mental health along the way and how that's kind of changed over the years. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, from my point of view, I, as I mentioned with regards to my parents and my family and I experienced that, and I said, if two people who created me could not see eye to eye and say hi to each other, for me, it was mentally checking me out, but self-development was realigning me. So when you look at two points, point A to point B, the quickest point from A to B is a straight line. And the problem is most people, when they get on the line, it's very difficult to stay on the line. So life starts to happen to us and we get off the line. It becomes a roller coaster in different angles, but then we got to mentally go back to the drawing board and listen to that self-development. Go back and remember our WHY, our reason, our purpose for starting off. Our WHY 
stands for what hurts you, what hurts you, oh. what keeps you going. And for me, it was my grandparents, it was my parents. Because although my parents didn't say hi to each other, and um, my grandparents who grew me up, they literally were like my parents. And um, I don't want to let them down. So I was playing sport on the sidelines. So I took a lot of that, um, you know, that, that leadership into my life. But at the same time, you know, there's some things that you need to do. And that's mentally check out from the outside world and create your own world within your mind. A lot of people don't understand. You jump on your laptop, there's a password. You jump on your phone, there's a password. Social media password. Email, there's a password. Why do we have passwords? Because we prevent it from being hacked. There's information in it. So why don't we have a password for our mind? Because if we do have a password for our mind, we start to audit the information that we allow to absorb. And we just let everything come in. That's the problem. We let everything come in. So we self-sabotage ourselves because we allow external factors to own and dominate our mind, distract, dispute our own mind when that's our biggest asset. You know, yes, there's diseases such as cancer, coronavirus, HIV and AIDS, diabetes, but the biggest diseases is not that, it's a negative mindset. When you can't cure a negative mindset, you can cure cancer in your mind. I've, I know people have beaten the odds of cancer, but the biggest disease that people are suffering from right now is a negative mindset. Beautiful. I, I, real, real quick, yeah, how do you, in your opinion, cure a negative mindset? And how do you maintain that, that password for your brain not to just let external things in that don't serve you? So you got to be able to understand what is your values. And when you start to define your values, you say no to anything else out there within your path of your values. The problem is people want to be a back, jack of all trades and a master of none. So they say yes to everything, praying and hoping they hit a home run. But if they have alignment of what their values are, then they start to audit other things. I mean, here's a quick $10,000. Should we go against our own morals to make $10,000? No, it's against our values. At the mm. same time, besides that, you need to have a ritual. A ritual from, you know, whether you're religious or spiritual, either or. You know, someone might believe in religions. Someone might be atheist, but they believe in spirituality. I got that relationship with the law of attraction, the universe from a very young age. And, you know, you can be anywhere in the world. Put me in a church, a temple, a mosque. I want to switch off for a moment and give gratitude. Thank the man above. Whatever the man above is for you. Thank the higher powers. For me, it's all about being in sync with the higher powers, having an attitude of gratitude. If you're going to say a thank you 10,000 times in a day, just because you are thankful for being on this podcast, I'm thankful for being here. I'm thankful for breathing. I'm saying thank you as I'm speaking. Subconsciously, it's become habitual to me. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Good, yeah. Kyle. No, I, I liked what you talked with, about with uh, gratitude. So what has that done for you? I mean, like, what's that been like since you started that practice just for people that are listening and maybe that don't practice and they're, you know, kind of hearing that and it sounds kind of silly, just like, okay, just being grateful for things is going to, you know, make me feel a different way or, you know, bring that, you know, that law of attraction. Like, can you explain a little bit more into that? Yeah. So firstly, people are grateful for the little bit that they have in life. 
the universe, the law of attraction, the higher powers will never give you what you truly deserve because if you can't appreciate this, there's no way you're going to appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Everything out there, everything out there is prepared and planned for you, no matter what you believe. So if you are going to walk into a shop and you're going to be nasty to the waiter, you're going to be nasty to the person working there. Well, guess what? Life will hit you in ways that you can't even fathom and you will not be able to understand why it hit you. But that's a message you put out. So it takes 21 days to create a habit, 90 days to create a lifestyle, but literally 10,000 hours, which is around about 130 plus days, about a year and a half to create a value. When you create your values and when you truly understand that we are grateful for the little bit connecting with you guys, being on this podcast, listening to this podcast right now, that all, all of that information, when you have that attitude of gratitude, then you start to, people will start to be thankful for your existence, for mm. your presence. I can't even tell you how many moments in my life where I brought the future into the present. All I need to do is shut my eyes out, split, you know, literally as quick method, take my, my palm, put it right here below my wrist, flip it around, ring finger, press my put my thumb on it, close my eyes, visualize a white screen right here and literally visualize the life that I'm living, rub it out and visualize the life that I want to manifest. And then picture two people who I want to celebrate that moment with. And when I start to do that, that's an attitude of gratitude. I got to be grateful for what I have before I want more. Too many people are too ready to say, I want, I want, I want, I want, rather than how can I serve? And I'll tell you an example. I had so many people reaching out to me on a podcast to get me on their podcast. At a point in my life, I was getting about three to five podcasts a day. And then what started to happen was you started to lose sight. That whole mindset, it gets a bit to you. And then what happened was I got, out of, I got, a, you know, I got off the rail. And then I went through personal problems, which allowed me to be humble again. So if you're not humble in life, you will be humbled by life. Wow. I'm curious. I'm going to ask for my own like curiosity. What is, what are some of your like main values? So number one, I, I love putting people first. For me, it's all about two hands, one to give, one to receive. The minute you feel like you're taking with both hands in due time, someone's going to take from you in, in, with both hands. So mm. one of my values is I always create a win-win situation for everyone out there. If I got to get into business and lose rather than making you lose and me win, I don't like to win at other people's costs. Then secondly, you know, I'm very, I'm at a point where I love thanking people for the little bit that they do. If I walk by someone and you got to understand Africa, pure poverty, pure poverty. So South Africa is like first world in Africa. So everything you do, I look at people sweeping the streets. I look at people being a teacher. And I just got to be thankful for that information. Yes, I'm a mentor to the mentees, but if I don't set the values, if I don't set the expectation, if I don't set the foundation, well, then people will look at me and say, okay, cool. That guy doesn't know how to treat people. So it's not about putting on a show on a podcast or on TV or a radio interview. It's about actually living your values. Another value is never to forget that the faster you go up, you can, you can come back down. Wow. So everything you have, you never let money make you. You don't let the cars make you. 
You don't let the homes make you. You make the cars. You make the homes. I mean, here's the deal. At 18, I bought a BMW. 21, I bought the Aston Martin. 23, I bought the Ferrari. 24, I bought the president's house in South Africa. I did all of that stuff. I made six figures at, at, at 19, seven at 21, and 24, I made eight figures plus. And then I got humble. I was driving 80 kilometers. I don't know what it is to miles, but it's extremely slow. Through an electrical storm, my mom's right next to me in the car in a Ferrari. I hit a pothole, car flips in the air, spins oh. around, hits a light pole that slices the car in half. I'm facing oncoming traffic. In a split second, everything happened. If anyone oh. goes to Google and they just type in, they type in South Africa, Ferrari accident. You will see my car. And that was me. And when that was me, I realized, and by the way, that morning, I had a dream that someone was pulling my car away from me. Wow. I nearly beat on three accidents that morning. I was going to buy a McLaren and a Rolls Royce that month. From that very moment, I never buy any cars, neither did I drive. Sometimes you need to have real life experiences that happen to you that realign you. And for me, I needed to be humbled by life. I was in my pinnacle. I was 25 years old. I was living a great life. I lived in a 20,000 plus square foot mansion and I needed to be humbled by life. And I'm at that point right now. I don't wear watches anymore. The name brand's clothes. I don't even buy that anymore. Um, I only wear my stuff that I bought previously. And um, I just started feeding, educating, and clothing a thousand kids per month. My mind has just been changed from education, information to brands and proving people why they should listen to me. Mm. I'm curious if someone's listening and if they're thinking, yeah, it sounds great. I want to uh, just support and help other people. And what if that person has that message of, I don't, I, there's no, there's no way I can support them. I don't have any like value or I don't, I don't have any skill set to support and help other people. Well, firstly, they got to support themselves. You can't help other people if you don't know how to help yourself. The, the, the most difficult person to lead is you. Because when you turn around, there's no one following you. But when you lead yourself and you can put one foot in front of the next, organically, you will get a brand. Organically, the audience will show up. And most people want to skip the queue. They want the audience to show up first. In fact, they want to create the brand first. Then they want the audience to show up first. And then what they want is they want to go out there and say that they the success story and this leader and this messiah and it's not about that offline i told you guys as long as you guys have been doing your podcast for a year plus i've been doing mine for two years plus i went to la 14 times last year to shoot episodes five episodes per a podcast i i knew zoom but i wanted to make it more personal so i jumped in planes for 14 times last year i went to los angeles 14 times paid for flights accommodation and sat down with some of the greatest people None of those episodes went viral. A year later, ironically, ironically, with no expectation, because when you have no expectation, you attract things into your life you couldn't fathom. Viral. Mm. One video, 200,000 views in less than two weeks, 40,000 in the first 24 hours. That made me understand when you can lead yourself, the line will be filled up with people to follow you. So if you looking to help someone else, help yourself first. Help yourself first. There's a saying, if you're looking for a helping hand, all you're going to do is look at the, at the end of your wrist. If you're looking for someone to lead you, go in front of a mirror. The face you're looking at, the person you're looking at is who's going to lead you. When you lead yourself, changes the game. People will follow. Wow. 
when you're talking about the ex when you don't have expectations, things come to you. I wonder kind of what's the difference between like you talked about that visualization technique and like, uh, you know, bringing that future that you want to life. So what's the difference between kind of that and then not having those expectations? You understand what I'm saying? So you're going to have zero emotional attachment to the outcome. No one owes you anything in life. And what you need to be able to understand is the process is three years, a thousand days, five to six nights a week. And that's going to manifest your desired result. Not one second, one week, one month, or even one year. And then what starts to happen is you got to be able to think in the future, but bring it in the present. So when I was opening up my BMW door every single day at 18 years old, I pictured a red Ferrari before I bought the car at 23 years old. So with that being said, I never had the expectation of the world owes me anything. And I had the expectation of, I need to earn it. And if I can't earn it, it's not mine. So then I went and bought the car cash because I learned how to do it. And by the way, you can't live over your means. I bought a BMW when I was 18 years old. It wasn't cash, but I bought my Aston Martin three years later. I got my financial life in check first. When I was making $50,000 a month, my expenses were less than 5,000. I know people whose expenses are $51,000 when they're making 50,000. That's the difference. So you start to have expectations when you feel like people owe you something. People don't owe you anything. The world owes you nothing. In actual fact, this whole coronavirus has humbled people to make them understand that famous people like athletes, actors, and, and, and famous entrepreneurs have less recognition than cleaners and health workers today. Why? It's because those people who are famous, stay in their house with their Lamborghinis in the garage, their Rolexes in their room. They can't wear it anywhere. They couldn't go anywhere throughout this two-month pandemic. So we got to start to understand we are all here for a reason to serve each other rather than taking from each other or proving to each other that we have something that you don't have and then that's why you got to follow me. It shouldn't work like that. Wow. It reminds, it reminds me of uh, David Meltzer's quote. He says, be more interested than interesting. Incredible quote. So <clears throat> I want to ask you one question. So if you had the ability to give one message to everybody in the world, what would it be? I would say to people that they need to understand that when they get started off in the entrepreneurial world, they're going to get rejected. They're going to get opinions from the closest people around them. But what I want them to do is I want them to take their phone and I want them to go on Instagram and look at their mentor. Then take another phone and look at the person who's giving them an opinion, compare lifestyles, and they need to mentally pick which one they want to follow. Another thing they need to understand is the closest people to them who love them the most will give them an opinion because they've never done something. If a friend has never gone somewhere, they're not qualified to tell you that you can't go there. It's impossible. Then I don't want them to compare themselves to other people. I want them to celebrate other people. Because when you celebrate other people, you are teaching people how to treat you. Teaching people how to treat you in the sense of they will celebrate you in return. But if you're envious, if you're jealous, if you're not grateful, 
Well, guess what? Success will be pulled away from you and handed to someone who you are against. You're only rewarded in return when you can treat, when you can teach people how you would like to be treated. Very well said. Cool. I wanted to. So if people are looking for you on the internet, trying to get in contact with you and what you're doing, where can they find you? They can go to Google, type my name in session, governor, or they can go to any social media platform out there um, and type in win Hello. with session, not lose with session, win with session. <laughs> um, or they can go to winwithsession.com and grab, uh, I, got a, I just launched a free book, 97 Steps to Earning Your Next Million. It's brand new, it's free. I had about 5,000 downloads in the first 48 hours. So www.97steps.com, go get it. I took 97 mentors, some of my good friends, and I put their mind in 97 steps on how to make your next million in whatever currency you're in. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on, Session. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing with us. Kyle, Jeremy, I truly appreciate you having me on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. See you guys next week.